Hello, and welcome to the WorkBrands host theme podcast. That's the name for it now, because I don't know what to call it. Uh, I'm your host for today, Christian, and with me is Jad. Hey, guys. And Asam. Hello. And for this podcast, we're kind of just going to be talking about ourselves and our interests and different things we're consuming. Uh, that's pretty much it. So this is very much the host-themed episode. Uh, it's actually been requested by certain people, I'm not going to say who, that the hosts kind of showcase more of their personalities as to why... You guys would find us interesting and stuff, right? So this is Christian's attempt at doing that as he talks about himself in the third person awkwardly. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that we're just going to goof off, talk about ourselves and whatever. Uh, I'm Christian. Uh, you've heard me host a lot of these podcasts lately. Uh, I blame Bilal for that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and I, I write. I screenwrite. I have a Korean drama TV show, which I really want to talk about, but I still can't. Uh, I make comic books, and I might I write fiction. Um, that's kind of a big thing. Uh, I'm a big nerd, if you haven't realized. I don't know. I, I, I just consume stuff because I like stories. I believe in stories. They're kind of my thing. Uh, all right. Uh, that's that's me. Uh, Jad, I might tell the audience a little bit about Hey, everybody. Myself. I'm Jad. Um, I'm a writer and a community organizer. Um, I'm published currently in journalism, and I have some uh, writing creds and editorial credits within academia. I have a background in um, archaeology, specifically a master's degree in Near and Middle Eastern uh, civilizations. Damn. Um, I'm also a, uh, a writer of fiction, mostly short story and comic books. And I also have a couple of scripts. One of them is copyrighted to my name. And um, I'm pretty much a super nerd also. <laughs> and I've been writing for the work print. I have some, some articles on there too. And yeah, that's kind of like a quick intro for me. Oh, and I'm also a literary curator for a uh, nonprofit called Collab Arts in New Brunswick, New Jersey, where I run a writing program and also a comic book themed event every year. And I'm also associated with a hyper local newspaper called New Brunswick Today. Yeah. And that comic themed event is amazing, guys. You should come out. I'm also helping do the collab uh, writing stuff. And uh, our comic themed event is dope. Yes, Christian's my co curator. One of my co curators. Yay! So that's great. Curating stuff from diseases. Is that what curators do? No. Oh, okay. Not one bit. Okay. Well, <laughs> then I don't know why I Like do an it. art curator. <laughs> so you cure the world of art. No, no. We're choosing like the... Yes. We're curing the world. <laughs> I'm just going to go with that. We're curing the world of art. Okay. I'm Bassam. I'm not curating anything. <laughs> and I'm not credited in academia. Um, so I'm an actor. I'm a writer. I am uh, a musician of some sort. Some sorts. I act in mostly film and TV, but I also have done theater locally, and I'm writing a bunch of different projects. I started writing in a little bit of poetry when I was younger, and I became song lyrics. I also write scripts, short stories. I have plenty of ideas uh, in the works or on the shelf ready to be worked on with comic books, novels, other ideas for screenplays. I rap on the side as well and I've also had my hands in directing and other different types of art forms and not only do I write for the work print I also write for another website called Daily DDT where I give my commentary and I, thoughts and feelings on professional wrestling so in addition to watching professional wrestling I'm also a massive nerd I love superheroes specifically DC and Marvel and I am a fanatic a diehard fanatic for Lord of Rings and all Tolkien themed adventures and stories and worlds and i love it all and i'd like to be as much as a nerd as possible yeah 
I mean, nerd culture is very in. It's it's not what it used to be when we were in high school, right? It's the new yeah. sexy culture. It is. We're the, we're the OGs. We're the old veterans. <laughs> oh, jeez. Not like you. I'm still young. <laughs> but go out and date a nerd. Do yourself a favor, whoever you are. Date a nerd. <laughs> or be a nerd. Or be a nerd. And then date a nerd. Date yourself. Love yourself. That's the point of these. No, I don't. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Love yourself multiple times a day. I feel like when we look at we look at most like characters, especially in comic books, I feel like in order to be like a protagonist in a comic book line, you kind of have to hate yourself on some level. Absolutely, because you have to become better, right? The whole hero's journey and the adventure is to be a better person than when you began, right? Unless it's a Coen Brothers movie. <laughs> <laughs> Did they shift away from the the Campbellian like structure? Cohens? Yeah. No, uh, the Cohens don't necessarily do that. I I can talk to him about it. I don't know if I talk to you. I hate the Cohen Brothers movie, or they hate the Cohen Brothers personally. Uh, not you got me as... excited. I thought they had a movie about themselves. No, 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 no. Not, not that. <laughs> kind of like a being John Malkovich type yeah. of. Uh... But my issue with the Cohen Brothers is like by the end of it, it's always a similar. I guess you can say this with every director, but with them. Um, they always come to this ending, which is like the whole point of this was the absurd, the absurdity of life. And so the journey was kind of meaningless or the, the point was meaningless, but the journey was the emphasis. But at the end, I like, I don't like that as a, as a takeaway. And they do that all the time with their fucking movies. I can give you examples for multiple, but I'm not going to, cause then I'll, this will just be a rant of me yelling at the Coen brothers for 15 minutes. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, because of that, I'm not the biggest Coen fan. I got yelled at in a podcast one time for pseudo defending Joseph Campbell. Oh, really? I didn't even know I was suited defending him to begin with. That's weird. Which was a little bit odd. Um, but okay. Were they challenging you on the idea of the hero's journey or just the fact that Joseph Campbell himself? I was like there to talk about almost something completely different, I think. And That's then, weird. And then it, it turned into like, well, you cannot just use this thing. And I was like, okay. Like, you know, but there's value to it. And then... I, I mean, so, and, uh, criticizing Joseph Campbell is like... I mean, like, listen, he's... In the, like, what he wrote, The Hero's Journey, is like essentially the basis of a lot of storytelling. I mean, it's not like he created it. He just studied all these other narratives that were there for yeah. thousands of years before us. It's like, this is the common themes I've noticed. He's also like very narrow in his like subject research. You know, he, he kind of looks at European and some Eastern myth, but not really. Kind of the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not saying he's like a perfect representation, but yeah, it's like... Yeah, I wasn't either. And I don't know. Apparently, there's a lot of hate towards him. Somewhere. I think the, the hatred is, is like... Books like Save the Cat, which is kind of sad because that's what I started learning screenwriting foundations on. But um, uh, people just don't like things that tell you how you're supposed to do things. And I think there's a big misconception about uh, hero's journey type plotting and plotting. Uh, the reason the hero's journey is there is kind of to give you a foundations of how to make a structure. Yes, it's very particular, but nobody's saying you have to forcibly make your stories this way. It's really just there to give you a background into how this skeletal structure that is plot works for a narrative, right? Um, I don't see anything particularly wrong with it, but I, I as well have encountered many people who are like, well, fuck you, you're a shit writer because you follow this garbage. But then, you know, some of those people, I look at what they write and I'm like, this goes nowhere. You're going somewhere for <laughs> 75% of the story and at the end, it, it's like about you know, masturbation or something. Yeah, it's weird. He's reading Coen Brothers scripts. So, <laughs> <laughs> but so that's it. But I understand. I mean, so I'm a big fan of uh, the Script Notes podcast. Mm-hmm. I know I'm promoting another podcast on a podcast. Oh, my God. Faux pas. Faux pas. But <laughs> Script, Notes, Script Notes is headed by John August and Craig Mason, two professional screenwriters who have made a career in Hollywood doing their own different works. And it talks about 
not only do they talk about like the industry, but they also talk about the craft and different approaches to it and this and that. And they're very anti like script books and a mm-hmm. lot of these different things because they feel like that a lot of, like one of the biggest critiques I've seen with Save the Cat, Saving the Cat, and other people I know who use Saving the Cat is like it's very focused on the structure. It's like mm-hmm. you have to hit this, and in this page you have to hit that, and you have to hit this and that. And people are so hyper focused on the structure they forget about the meat of it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um. It's a really interesting po- uh, episode of the podcast. If you are into screenwriting, there is an episode where Craig Mazin talks about his theory of, of filmmaking when it comes to screenwriting. And it's very interesting to get his perspective on it. And he essentially talks about, he's like, instead of focusing on the structure itself, he's like, think about why the character is doing it. And he makes it a big f- emphasis on that the story is the relationship between the main character and the, like, the central thematic element of your story. And he's like, when you do that, then you understand where the structure kind of fits in this and that. So it's like a lot of these screenwriting books and a lot of these people who are talking about like structure, probably Hayden and Campbell are thinking of like, here is, we're looking at it from the outside in, but like as a writer, you have to kind of look at it from the inside out. You kind of have to like work from the very, very center pit of it and kind of expand outwards. Absolutely. Uh, as a screenwriter myself, I got to admit, because I, I studied structure, like you can't imagine. And at the end of the day, it's what sells. Um, I know that sounds fucking awful, but it's kind of the truth because there are so there are so many scripts, so many shooting scripts and finished scripts that are out there, and you're kind of looking at it. and It's like, how the fuck did this get made? Like, this doesn't follow any sort of structure or listen to the rules. And the truth is, is a big reason that they have all these these proponents for story structure, right? Is because as you start out, a lot of people kind of come at random directions, but once you kind of find your voice and have kind of done this enough, where you can kind of get the gist of where beats you need to hit. Uh, for telling your unique story, you know, you don't necessarily need to follow it to that extent, but there's a lot of filtering process in that initial stages. And what I mean by that is like, there's a lot of screenwriting contests and, and things that you can submit to as like a nobody that they'll just disqualify you because you didn't follow the basic stories because that or the basic story structure of like Campbellian myth, uh, just because they're like, all right, well, you're act one runs too long whatever it's not doesn't hit the right mark of when it's supposed to stop and because of that they're not going to finish reading your fucking script here's the thing if you're good enough and the script is good enough they'll read the whole fucking thing yeah yeah that's extremely detrimental and that's one of the reasons actually why script notes really talks about that yeah because like they say like in the end if it's a good script and a good idea and you do well on the page like if you're not if you're if your slug line is not bold or like <laughs> bold, like that stuff is not going to automatically disqualify you. Yeah. And sometimes that can help you out, but they're like, they're saying like, it really comes down to the content and what is the substance, the meat of it. It is. Yeah. When it comes to any ideology in the world, never follow 100% to the T. Like read through it, see what's good, what benefits you and go from it that way. But to follow something 100% to the T is not always, you know, the best thing to do in that regard. Well, it's also weird because this is one of the reasons I don't excluding certain laws, maybe. Oh, okay, no, <laughs> just to put that out there. Don't kill anyone. Uh, <laughs> but this is one of the reasons I get frustrated with the, the Academy Awards for Best Screenplay. And you can read all my rants and talks about structure on Monomythic. It's the segment I write for the word print on occasion. That I've taken a long break from it. Um, and my issue is this: uh, Woody Allen, one of my favorite screenwriters. If you read one of his scripts, or even Christopher Nolan, one of his scripts. It, it doesn't follow any of that shit, really, that you read in the screenwriting books yeah. about, like, story structure. It does to an extent, but it doesn't hit the, the beats at the right page marks. It's like, it's like, oh, at this page, we're supposed to be breaking into this. We don't. Why not? And people will analyze it and shift it in a way that supports the reasons why they don't or how it still follows the rules. But to be honest, it's all kind of bullshit. I, I, I hate saying that as a screenwriter, but it's true. Um, at the end of the day, 
yes, follow structure because it's important, but don't make it this crazy thing because at the end, it's really about your name and then how good the script is. Use it as a guideline. Oh, well. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. But if you have a big name like Christopher Nolan, you can, you can basically break any really long. Yeah, Tar- Tarantino kind of probably just spits on this page and whatever works, works right next to <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so also an example in Monomythic... I tried to break down writing log lines, which I go over extensively in Monomythic, uh, for uh, Pulp Fiction. And to be honest, I don't give a shit what anybody says. There isn't really a log line for Pulp Fiction. Everyone's like, oh, no, it's this, it's this. It's really about this. And like, you know what? It's just, it's a bunch of pulp mixed stories together because yeah. that's the fucking point. Stop blowing it out to be, you know, this greater than what it is thing. It's a great story, but like, too many people I know suck its dick for the sake of trying to make it be this like god like screenplay thing it's a great screenplay but don't make that your standard man make your fucking story if there's one thing you can get across from automatic is make your fucking story because only you can write your story be your own standard thank you the whole idea of structure kind of comes back to this idea is like inherently we just want people find it easier when they could put things into a box or categorize things as like a genre or like whatever type of thing it's easier to be like do it it follows this thing, do it that way, because then it's like, when you're thinking outside that box, there's so much variables of, you know, lack of control, and you don't know what you're doing or where you're going about it, but, like, artists were supposed to wave through the noise and yeah. kind of just find our way through the, the sea of variables. Yeah. But to go completely counter to this point, I will say if you go very structured, more people will indeed read your shit. I'm sorry, but it's kind of true. So <laughs> write the story you want, but know that if you make it so cookie cutter, you'll get more people's attention, which might or might not be a good thing. And what well, do you mean by people? Do you mean like regular readers or do you like mean, the uh, regular like readers who read and... like script readers? Script, script readers. readers will look for structure. Definitely. But the truth is, is you might be writing the most you know basic shit. I think shit. there's this thing in, in uh, a lot of disciplines. It's like you have to know the rules before breaking the rules. Yeah. And I think when you're approaching someone like a script reader or an agent or whatever, they want to know that you know the rules. So if they set you up with a job that requires you to follow the rules, you can do that. And Jad's 100% right on that. Yeah. A lot of script readers from what I've been hearing through different uh, communities and listening to people talk about it is that pretty much when it comes to script, they will give you at most 10 pages. Yeah, that's true. And if you don't captivate them by 10 pages, they'll just stop reading your script. Absolutely. If it's good, they'll read the whole thing. But some people say even the first couple pages, you, you, sh- you can know... And uh, one cool thing is like that people, like it's like so like those first three four pages and it kind of goes with comic books too. I was um, one of my favorite comic books is Green Arrow Year One and it's written by Andy Diggle mm-hmm. and he has a forward about it. He's talking about it. He says like that there's so much pain and pressure in coming up with the first page yeah. of a comic book. He like people are just sitting there in a store flipping through your book. The moment you open up, if that first panel, that first page doesn't get you then you're not going to want to read the rest of your book. And mm-hmm. it, it's like, in script, you kind of have to be like that. It's like a movie. If the first couple minutes don't grab you, then no one's going to sit and watch the rest of the movie. And that's literally what Save the Cat is about, guys. Uh, that whole book is saying, you need the Save the Cat moment at the beginning, because the hero needs to save the cat for you to keep paying attention as the audience. But anyway. Yeah. So so what are you interested in currently? What are you consuming? Uh, whew. I consume a lot of sh- basically. All right, I'll be you honest. You consume a lot of shit. I consume a lot of shit. Yes, I just I love eating all the feces. Mm. I'm a big shit eater. Mm. No, 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 no. 
<laughs> Give me that butthole. That's why I like that scene a lot on The Boys, which we just podcasted about. Because uh, he's literally eating asshole and it's well, all the shit. something new about Christian today. <laughs> Fecal philia. Uh, no, no, um... Uh, for those listening and who've listened to the many podcasts I record here, uh, most of the stuff I consume, you'll know about because I'm pretty much posting on the WordPress. Literally. So that's the plug for you to check out the other podcasts on the site. Yeah, the basically. So, so like, yeah, mo- mostly everything I consume entertainment-wise, I write an article about these days, with the exception of, like, comic book stuff. And I use that to write the comics, that uh, the two comic books that I'm working on currently. One is called Fear the Boogeyman. Uh, if you've listened to the podcast on um, Tuca and Birdie, uh, my illustrator partner, Kyle, was there, and uh, we're still working on that. It's coming out great. We have an entire outline for the first trade back, and the uh, first, uh, what's the word, issue is, like, I want to say 50% completion. Um, and yeah, uh, and then I have another po- uh, comic book I'm writing called uh, Dead on the Inside, but that's a bigger project, or not a bigger project, but that's kind of my personal baby project, and I'll talk about that another time. But yeah, uh, I consume stuff and i post it here so you know what i'm consuming audience what about you guys sure um so i'm, I'm a big fan of uh, fantasy horror and sci-fi um obviously comic book stuff and um you know just regular drama i would say fiction in that regard uh in terms of you know tv shows and and movies you know i've been watching a lot more tv i would say than movies in and of itself mm-hmm. uh, but the boys was one that i watched uh recently that i thoroughly enjoyed um, in terms of movie, I knew like the new Batman Hush came out. I really love that. That's out? That's out. So if you want, we can watch that and podcast about that. I'm down. Let's do it. Yeah. Yes, you and me. It'd be good. Um, and then, you know, I, I really, like, I've been reading a lot more, to be honest with you. That's, That's kind good. of been like the focus of mine. I think as a writer, you have to spend at least like 60% of time reading, maybe more. That's how you get you better. You just have to. So I just finished up reading the best American sci-fi series of 2018, because, uh, you know, I plan to write a lot more sci-fi down the road, um, even though now I'm a bit more focused on horror. I'm also currently reading uh, kind of like the best of horror uh, compendium, too, which is from another series, which is really, really good. Um, in terms of comic books, I just started a new Sandman series that came out. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, the ones with the other guy? Like the new yeah, Sandman? Yeah, different writer. It's not okay. Neil Gaiman as yeah. the main writer. Yeah. Um, but I just started looking into that, which is really good. Um, I just finished up a few uh, books by local creators uh, from Sourcepoint Press. I'm going to be doing reviews for those soon Dope. on the work print, so definitely check it out. Um, an author I'm super infatuated with at the moment is Elif Sakaf. She wrote a book called 40 Rules of Love, which is really phenomenal. And I have just picked up recently uh, The Bastard of Istanbul, um, which came out a couple years ago, or probably more than a couple years ago at this point. Um, but it's also really, really great. So... Uh, yeah, man. For me, I'm just personally infatuated with mythologies, you know, capturing folklore. And um, that's kind of, you know, why I pursued ac- my, my academic choices, you know, uh, uh, specifically archaeology and history, um, because I just really fell in love with different world mythologies of the Near East and of Rome and Greece and all that. So um, I'm currently working on uh, two comic book scripts. One of them is an untitled horror comic book. Imagine John Constantine, but as a female living in Lebanon. Um, the second one is like a fake excavation handbook that I'm working on, but that's a much longer process. Um, I'm working on two short stories. One of them is a rewrite of a, of a flash fiction that I did for Coab Arts called Isla. I'm expanding that out. Um, it was on the advice and suggestion of an agent. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, which is really cool. Um, 
and um, I'm also working on another short story called The Cherry Tree, which has like an environmental uh, twist on it. And uh, I'm also working on a, a movie script for a friend of mine. She films short horror, uh, not horror, short films. Um, that kind of is like sci-fi. It definitely is like sci-fi, I would say. Um, so I'm working with her on that, just kind of jotting down ideas. Good, man. So, yeah, you keep them so busy. Check it out, Loading Circle. If you Google it or YouTube it, you'll, you'll find some more stuff on it too. I guess for me, what are, my consumption of media in these days is kind of, it's all over the place. So, I like I said before, I watch wrestling, so I I keep uh, consistent on that product because I write for it as well. Um, I've so for a long time I was definitely more on the TV side than I was movies, but recently, thanks to the almighty AMC theaters and their A list <laughs> uh, their A list stubs program, I've been watching movies like a fiend, and because of that, I've been seeing some really awesome stuff out there, both on you know a major Hollywood scale and more independent scene. Um, I saw some weird stuff, man. If you get a chance, watch the art of self defense. It is one of the. It is this awkward, dark comedy that is beautiful and it's just strange, and you should definitely go out and experience that. It's a it's a mind and body experience. But besides that, I've been watching. Um, I get most of my TV from things like Hulu and Netflix. I re- recently watched the Veronica Mars revival. That was phenomenal, and I have some consistent shows I watch. Like I watch Blackish, Grownish. Um, I have been going back to watching old animated series. Like I recently sat down and rewatched all of the Batman animated series <laughs> from the nineties because, um, well, see comic books have been a very big part of my childhood. Comic books and Lord and, uh, Lord of the Rings are two sources of medium, the media that have like really influenced me in my artistic ways and things I view about life and stuff like that. So I spend a lot of time I dedicate to like the superhero genre not recently in the, the the more like newer comic book lines, but mostly of like the media adaptations of it, whether it's like the like blockbusters or like these animated uh, movies that I've been watching. And um, I'm currently rereading Lord of the Rings. I haven't read it in about ten years, and I went to see an exhibit that was based about I was like showcasing Tolkien's life, and I was really inspired by the way of just how throughout his life he had all these issues and obstacles that he had to overcome and how the story building process started for him when he was like young and he slowly built all these ideas ideas and put so much like attention to detail on things he did and i like building worlds and being very you know like uh focused on detail and i think down the line one of the projects i have that i've um so i come up with a lot of ideas for projects and then i prioritize them on what to work on so down the line i have a fantasy novel i want to write um, I have a comic book um, idea as well. My comic book idea is a retelling of Robin Hood, where his father is a, is a, a British nobleman and his mother is a, um, a Maronite from the Middle East. And it's about him dealing with, uh, you know, the story of Robin Hood, but from a different perspective of him not fitting in and dealing with authority and how he sees his identity and how he plays a part in the society. And my fantasy novel is about a half-elf who um, would only grew up with this el- elven community. And when that's destroyed, he has to go into the world and f- figure out what's going on. And currently I'm writing a few scripts. I have an idea for a cartoon. I'm working on a pilot with uh, my buddy Christian here. Hi, I'm Buddy Christian. 
So it is a uh, <laughs> it is a noir inspired animation where it takes place in a world where animals can talk and they have emotions and are able to communicate and have evolved with humans. And it centers around a detective who is a cat mm-hmm. named Claw McGraw. So keep an eye out for that. <laughs> and I also have a couple of screenplays in the mix. One is um, I'm a very big fan of westerns. I love the western genre, so I'm writing a kind of anthology western series. And I have a few ideas of screenplays I want to work on and pitch in the long run. And I have a web series I'm working on currently right now, which I will keep on the wraps for now. But it is a, it is my take on the superhero genre. And it focuses on a man who can manipulate time. Dude, Ooh. I just started the Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh, my. Oh, wow. Can you, oh, wait, you're going away. Shit. So funny <laughs> that you mentioned that. Uh, you the, next, well, you... the next podcast I'm doing... Well, I don't know how I'm going to release these because I have a lot of editing this week. Uh, uh, this What I'm trying to say is this Friday, I'm actually podcasting about it. And oh, my friend, uh, John Walsh, who you audience will hear about uh, whenever we get to it, uh, he's actually a PhD in clinical psych. And we both studied psychology in college together. And we both were very influenced by that, uh, that anime. And so we're going to talk about it from the Freudian and Jungian and psychological perspective as well as just anime fans too i'm not as big of an anime fan as he is but he, he's watched a lot um so we're gonna we're gonna do ava and talk about it i'll talk a little bit about the history of it's how get netflix getting it's a big deal industry wise uh and then um the psychology and stuff behind it too so but yes yeah, i'm excited to, to hear that That's yeah thank cool. you i've been getting into anime the past few years yeah um but one is really cool, and the sound reminded me of this a lot, because you were talking about fantasy and Robin Hood stuff. Magi? Have you guys seen Magi? No, what's that about? On Netflix. It's amazing. It's a retelling of 1001 Arabian Nights. That's on my queue! Which is super good. Yeah. Um, so it follows Alibaba, Saluja, and um, Aladdin. Yeah. Kind of in this own fantasy world and stuff like that, and they meet like Sinbad the Sailor. There's also a sequel show to it called Sinbad, which is phenomenal too. But if you guys are very much interested in fantasy and world building that's a great show to check out yeah because i have a really cool magic system and stuff like that uh it uses a lot of eastern influence which is always appealing to me and uh it's just a fun ride overall great yeah. plot fantastic animation yeah very little to no fan service which i like that is nice it starts off like a little bit like that and it decreases along the way they kind of use that um uh full, well not full metal alchemist the other one on superhero speaking of superhero tropes it's slipping my mind. It's, it's uh, My Hero Academia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Bilal's a huge Phenomenal. fan of My Hero Academia. Yeah. Bilal's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Bilal, if you're listening to this, you're awesome. Because that is also one of my favorite shows, too. Yeah. Uh, but they pretty much pull a Mineta. Oh, yeah? Like one of the characters, Aladdin, is kind of like Manella, and that kind of gets beaten out of him. Oh, okay. Interesting. Throughout the whole thing. Yeah. So and it's not fan service it's like its own thing. It's, it's not. Own. It's really not a fan service show. They have like one or two scenes that kind of do that. They kind of shift away from it. The thing with anime is like it's so industry forced. It's like everyone has to get this shit out there and has to get these and hit these marks and just produce things so consistently that it has like no choice but to be very fan service a lot of the times. Which is why when anime has decided to go out of the box, it's actually really awesome. So also, if, if you're interested in writing stories, definitely watch a lot more anime. Uh, Japanese storytelling is definitely a little bit more different than, than Western. Absolutely. Uh, that's and, one of the reasons I love um, Evangelion, because it was a big parody or fan service to the, the giant robot monster fighting thing, right? But then halfway, they lost like a lot of their budget, and they decided to make it all about psychology. And it was really the creator's kind of 
feelings and emotions and how he was dealing with his own like really really dark depression which is why it gets really twisted and fun. you haven't seen the whole thing yet no. it's really good no, i'm not gonna go we're about for 30 Jan, years late but that, it's but... it's one of the best animes of all time for a reason um yeah definitely yeah i was never really i was never really into anime and so one of the things i had trouble getting into and i think the closest thing to an anime that i really enjoyed is Avatar The Last Airbender. Phenomenal. <laughs> Phenomenal. Oh, for any of my friends listening, they're probably like, fuck you, Christian, because I have... I, I, sh- I don't want to say refused, but I haven't seen it because it's too much You haven't like seen it? Oh my it's god. It's too much Are like anime. Out of your mind? Yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah. Literally all my friends say that too. I've lost a lot of respect for you right all now. Alright, that's like, when I get back from Canada, we're watching that. Sunil's dying of laughter right now because he's like, yeah, thank you, Jad, because he's been telling me to I will. I will delay my return to New York if it's if it's in an uh, effort to get so, you <laughs> so the thing is, is like originally I was like, you know, this is just Americans' attempt at making anime. I so just, I never gave I it the chance. And then it remaster, be- Blu-ray remaster, or whatever. <laughs> Avatar: The Last so Airbender is yeah. one like I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to overhype it because it's like, a perfect fucking show. It's it kind of uh, here's my is, thing, guys. Is. Here's my thing. I'm not the biggest fan of M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> I think I think I'm done here. I think we're done too. I think, I think we hit the thirty minute mark. Uh, yeah, I think we. Hit I mean, the... well, not yet, but we're getting close. But yeah, <laughs> we mean you add just radio sounds for us. Yeah. Podcast, <laughs> it's like protests. no, we're done. Literally, you just hear footsteps, and then Christian awkwardly <laughs> sitting here sipping a glass of water. It's like, so bring my DVD and smack you with it. <laughs> no, it's it's amazing, and we definitely should watch it. It is storytelling at its peak. Yeah. Which is awkward, too, because I went to Riot Studios, one of my friends works there, and apparently one of the writers of uh, of Avatar oh. actually works for Riot, and was just like, apparently chilling there. I didn't, even, I didn't know how big of a Which deal writer? that was. Huh? Which writer? That's a big fucking deal. I don't yeah, know. Google search writer who works for Riot, who used to write for... For Avatar. I didn't, because I didn't care, because I didn't watch Avatar The Last Airbender. Now the audience is like, fuck this guy. Yeah, and now we, we can't, his nerd cred has gone down to zero. Oh, dude. He is the Enron stock of nerds. You know what we're going to do? That's going to be our fun time. Yeah. Like, we'll hang out, we'll do writing sessions, but we're going to watch Avatar The Last Airbender. All right, yeah. I, I feel like fantastic. I have to, but you, back to what you were saying. So. I, I have nothing else to contribute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, like, no, um, Avatar The Last Airbender was a really was like was a really beautiful story for me and it was kind of like me so my introductions to av- to anime is like that doesn't really count as anime but like i've watched things like berserk which i which i enjoyed the, the small amount i saw it and everyone was like wow you should have kept watching because it's a really oh fucked up God, anime why do you keep picking these um sorry and I then berserk in a long time and then i seen like i saw like a season of like things i don't stick with animes long enough and i feel like i've kind of benefit from that because like Every time I hear someone talk about anime, they're like, oh, this season, this horrible thing happened, and like this thing, and then like 70 fillers later, it's right, a good here's what we're this gonna do. Fillers here's, what we're gonna do. here's what we're going to do. We're going to pick two days a week. Oh my god. Alright? <laughs> all three days are going to be up. We're going to watch a couple episodes of Avatar Last Airbender, and yeah. then we're also going to watch a couple of episodes of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. No. Yes. <laughs> no. Brotherhood. I refuse to watch that show. You fool. It scarred me for life. Why? With that one fucking scene that everyone makes, it's it's the scene, it's the scene from Avatar. Well, from, have uh, you seen the show? I haven't, but that one scene like scarred the shit out of me. Fuck that shit. We'll watch it. It is a fantastic. That's also another like top. Maybe after Avatar, but I do not want to take away Avatar time from Christian. That needs that needs that's a higher priority than me. Fine, watching. whatever. We'll prioritize it. We're gonna do we're gonna redo <laughs> Anime Night in Kasukato, and we're gonna start with Avatar: The Last Airbender, even though it technically is not an anime. I guess. Whatever. Yeah. Although anime just means animation, 
So any animation is technically considered anime in Japan? A lot of... Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. We'll watch that. <laughs> we'll have we'll a follow it. The anime community hates us right now. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's another thing, too. Fuck fandoms. Like, it's cool being a fan. I'm a fan myself. But these fucking fandoms, go fuck yourselves. Except for truckies. Which, by the way... <laughs> wow! No, that's no. so hypocritical! It's not fandoms except the biggest because, fandom that there is. I no, mean. fuck that. Because Trekkies are warm and welcoming and inclusive. Trekkies, Trekkies and... really go out of their way to ruin, like, Renfairs. They're such assholes. <laughs> they're such assholes. Fuck Renfairs. No! <laughs> no, they're not. And honestly, not all of them do earn it. Like, Trekkies are cool people. You're my people. I love you. <laughs> Just to put that out there. Well, I mean, I can say the same thing. I can say fuck all fandoms except for Tolkien, but everyone has their kind of shit fandom, uh, shit parts of the fandom. I mean, listen, fandoms can ruin things. I mean, I hate Rick and Morty now because of the fandoms. I love Rick and Morty. I love Rick and Morty. I honestly, honestly like, like season fandom. three, season three was such a disappointment to me. And then, like, the way the fans just went hyper-violent for, like, oh, that was everything. Those are like, drunk Floridians. They should not be representative of anything. Listen. Aside <laughs> drunk Floridians. Like, that's I've, about it. I met play people in Jersey doing this shit. Look, 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 just, just look up videos of the Szechuan sauce. Thing. Okay, but... Watch those. I'm not gonna lie, guys. Somewhere in a vault hidden somewhere is a bunch of McDonald's Szechuan sauce that I kept. <laughs> just in case it ever oh, blows up. Oh, sell them for, like, 10 grand each. Exactly! Well, Yo, someone made a funny thing. Now that they're remaking Mulan, everyone's wondering if they're going to bring back Szechuan sauce. That's why they originally brought it in the first place. Oh, actually they might. Yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> and they're owned by... Oh, wait, no, they're not owned by McDonald's. No. What? I was going to say, Mulan's owned by McDonald's. I realize Mulan's I mean, it's owned, owned by, by Disney. The, it's owned which by is the basically McDonald's the film. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you will. Wouldn't oh, surprise uh, me yeah. if McDonald's and Disney were just one thing. Just hiding. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> No, um, yeah, but I guess I'm trying to think. Also, I've been like, I, so I used to be a big video game guy, and now like I don't have the time for it. But used to? I, well, okay. So Spider-Man, the new release, definitely doesn't count. I right? definitely played that way too much than I should have. <laughs> way more than I should have. But yeah, be, certain video games will bring me out of like semi-video game retirement, yeah. and then I slip into retirement, or I just replay the same video game over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to do that The Last of Us, so I know what you mean. Dude, I just played Assassin's Creed 2. I know it's an older game, yeah. but holy shit, it's beautiful. That's kind of the beauty about video games, though. It's like old movies. It's like, Gorgeous. you can just pick out an old... Some of the best video games i played were for, like, the PlayStation 2, Xbox, you know, reg- original Xbox era. I just, like, whip them out and play them, and they're, like, they're so much fun. Yeah. No, they are, definitely. And I'm a big Resident Evil fan myself, so I love the second game. Uh, the remake that they made, in, like, in January. Played a lot of zombie killing hours. I don't know why... I've always been obsessed with zombies, which is probably why I'm writing a comic book about one. But, yeah, um... There's something about Romero and the undead and people not being fully people. Because I feel like that's the world we live in today, is people not really being fully human beings, given how fucked up and insensitive everyone is these days. No, it makes sense. I, mean, I feel like everyone has that kind of one thing that they're really intrigued by. Like, I'm, I realize I'm really intrigued by epics. Oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. The Tolkien story. stuff. Yeah. Tolkien, I used to love reading, like, the Iliad and Odyssey. And even, yeah. like... Even like the super superheroes, like I know it's like it's like modern day mythology, but like some of those stories become like big epics in a way. Absolutely, and that's definitely something. Infinite Earth, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm just gonna have Kevin Conroy play Batman in the Flash. I now. just heard about that. Cool. You're also bring, finally gonna be. In- they're also gonna bring in other TV shows like Black Lightning. I don't know if you have ever seen Black Lightning. It's supposed to be good. The first season was really good. Second yeah. season, I kind of fell off of, but like that's like the one thing CW is doing that's actually kind of like 
working their favor is these gigantic crossover episodes. So Crisis on Infinite Earth is a CW production? I yeah. think so. I think oh, it's a part of their Arrowverse, which <laughs> is... <laughs> don't even start on that I wanted to like Arrow. I watched like the first two, three episodes of it. I just can't. I, I know you guys are talking about. I watch Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl. <laughs> and I love all three. No, I don't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. all right. Honestly, I like certain seasons of all three. But anyway. I'm a big or Green Arrow fan, and when Arrow was announced, one of the first like press releases was like, we're not going to follow the comics, which immediately put me at a disadvantage. And then I watched like clips. I didn't want to watch a full episode because I was just like, I don't know how the, what's going to happen. And I saw clips, read reviews, talked to people about it. And then I ended up watching like an episode two, and I just despise it. I just despise It's like, imagine someone, imagine you telling someone that what your favorite food is. Let's yeah. say your favorite food is pizza. Okay. And someone's like, okay, you like pizza? Well, we're going to take this pizza. We're going to pick the shittiest dough possible. We're going to pick like this terrible, we're going to put ketchup instead of like tomato sauce and then put like the worst type of cheeses on it possibly. And you like pizza, so you must like this pizza. That and then just you sounds take like the pizza I make it from when you I was should in have, You had an opportunity to dig at Chicago style pizza, which is really lasagna. I've never tried Chicago style pizza. I feel like I've never it. It's delicious, but it is not pizza. It's, yeah. it's lasagna. It's, it's right? lasagna. Yeah. Point is though, like, it's delicious lasagna. It's like that's, that's. I think that's a really big issue with the whole like. See, like as we're all superhero nerds, so like this kind of like it being a prominent part of culture has given us a lot of great things, but also because of that there's a lot of like this weird kind of like we just gotta make every single property possible. Yeah. And Arrow was one of those things where they're like, we gotta make a Batman property, but we don't want to put Batman on TV, so yeah, let's just make him Batman, but we'll make him kill people, so people can say it's not Batman. And it's just like, okay, cool. Thanks for taking this character I love and just shitting on it. Like, it's like when, <laughs> it's like a, a quick tyrant. I'm going to keep it very, 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 very short. But I fucking hate David Esquire. David Esquire is a piece of shit. I like Oer. I liked Blade. Blade, like okay. Vampires and Matrix clothing. Okay, you're, okay, you have a good movie on Swallow. Cool. Never seen the Blades. You've never seen a Blade movie? Never seen Blade movies. The first they're one's not, good. They're not bad. I haven't seen the other I like two. the first two. The first two are pretty good. But they're Goyer. Good. Hmm? The third one everyone thinks is a joke. Because that's the one with Ryan Reynolds and Nick Beale. The third one actually gave Isn't birth like, to... Guillermo del Toro who directed it? Or was involved? What? Am I wrong? I don't think I don't so. Know. I could be wrong. Blade, Trilogy, uh, Bra- Blade, Blade Trinity. Trinity? Yeah. Trinity actually gave birth to the, the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool that we he have did. now. Mm-hmm. He, he played a character who had two swords and he hated the script. And he's like, I'm just going to play this Deadpool. And that started this whole campaign to want to play Deadpool. It only okay. took him like 15 years yeah. for it to finally happen, but yeah. Yeah, but David Escoyer one time in a, in a room of people was talking about like Justice League and how he's working on those like DC movies. And he he's like, oh, characters like Martian Manhunter. Who here knows Martian Manhunter? And like a couple people were, like wooed or get cheered. And he's like, these people are virgins. Like who cares about what they say? And it's like, fuck you, dude. You're like... Was he, you, did he mean it though? Or was he just playing fully saying that? I don't know. Either way, you can suck a dick. <laughs> That's the right response. And he wrote, so like, look at the movies he's written recently. It's like, not that great a job. Like, the last thing I think of he made that I semi-enjoyed was Constantine. And it was not most of the writing. It was mostly because of Matt Ryan's amazing performance as Constantine. Hmm. So, fuck David S. Goyer. I like David S. Goyer. Well, I can't say like. Like, it's too strong. Seems like a I've douche. Been, I don't know. I'm indifferent for David S. Goyer, personally. I'm on this, like, thing called Discord. That's a big thing now. Is that, is that, is, they're, like, not a fan. Isn't that the video game, like... Conversation yeah, I don't thing. Know. Yeah, I'm, I'm an old man. It's a, it's a it's an application know. people use to chat. Like, I like for it. Pokemon it seems Go cool. or something like that. But um, I don't know. He just seems like a terrible toxic person. But I don't know him personally, so I can't judge. Yeah. 
He's that been doing can't. the superhero thing since like oh gosh, I'm sure know, he did oh, three or oh two or something. So it's been it's been a long career of making and breaking. I just find it funny that he was like one of the writers of the original of like Batman Begins and Dark Knight. Yeah, dude. And then like Christopher Nolan goes off does great things. Jonathan Nolan goes off and does great things, and David Scoyer makes Man of Steel and all these <laughs> other stuff. And it's just like I see where the talent was in that room. There's apparently a lot of DC hatred going on right now. I think it's actually, it's funny because, like, I grew up loving, so, my superhero, I guess, like, chronology is, like, loving Spider-Man, loving Batman. And, like, I obviously have my love for each one, but, like, for example, Batman Begins and Dark Knight are, like, amazing movies. Yeah. And they're phenomenal. And, like, the original Batmans and original, original Supermans, DC is just great. Like, when they're on point, they're fucking on point also think i will give them dc universe they they have a lot of great content albeit they're not managing it the best because i loved swamp thing and young justice is amazing it's so relevant to teens now holy yeah. shit well doom um, patrol is fucking phenomenal and yeah do, and i I, re- I wrote an article about doom patrols so look up a love letter to doom patrol yeah um, <laughs> but like that show does a great job dealing with mental illness and trauma and tragedy and like dealing with yourself and trying to find yourself yeah. So like, and that's what comics are. Comics are, and like, there's a great quote by uh, Tolkien. I'm gonna butcher the shit out of it, but the idea is the fact is like, fan- he's talking about fantasy, but it applies to any type of fiction. He's like, fantasy is not about providing you an escape. It's about taking the things of life and helping you address it, and like, like helping you deal with it, and like incorporating it to your life. And like, superheroes talked about these awesome ideas and these awesome things in society, and that's why people love Peter Parker. He was fighting off Green Goblin, but he was dealing with acne and the fact that he couldn't make it like make it to work on time. It's like these real things that we deal with presented in this awesome, cool way. That's actually really funny you mentioned that, because that's something that's problematic within the Trekkie fandom, now that I think of it, um, is that a lot of people will see Star Trek as this like idealistic, utopian society that's all about perfect, and when the show or when a writer or, or some sort of storyteller or fan will even talk about, you know, serious issues through the lens of Star Trek, then you'll get essentially these pretty much like baby boomer white men flipping out, you yeah. know, I'm kind of being like, well, no, this is a utopia, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, no, sci-fi is supposed to challenge you. And Star Trek is actually one of those shows, I think, that does challenge people. When, so when Star Trek at its best, I think it's very interesting to watch. And I really love what they've been doing with Discovery. So good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like that, that's the thing. That's the beauty, Batman. It's like art is just another lens for how we look at life, you know. Oh, definitely. It's another really prism for us to kind of look at life with a different vision. Like, so that's why people, I hate people like Goyer. Fuck him. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, we're about hitting the mark uh, for this last segment. Anything that you guys are doing right now that you would like to promote or talk about? Um, for me, I kind of just plugged here the Boogeyman. Uh, besides that. I guess I'll use the opportunity to plug, uh, my, there's like a million things I'm working on. My website. Uh, I'm Christian Angelus. I screenwrite and do all these other types of writing. I'm developing a website and I'll have a bit of my portfolio up there as well as like different writing examples and samples and stuff that, uh, you can see and judge for yourself and maybe hire me. Um, yeah. And that'll be like xnangelus.com. I'll talk more about it on my articles and whatnot in the future, but that's kind of it. Uh, yeah, so that's my last second promo. I'm Jad Cato, J-A-D-K-A-A-D-O. Um, you can find me at, at Jad Cato through Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the whole nine. Um, as I said, I'm a writer. I listed out some of the projects that I'm currently working on, but they're not coming out anytime soon. Uh, check out collab-art.org, C-O-L-A-B-A-R-T-S.org, specifically Lit Lab. 
and Comic in a Day. Those are two programs that I do here in New Brunswick, New Jersey. So if you're living in New Jersey and you're around the Middlesex County area, definitely check us out. I'm also working on a uh, fake soccer team called New Brunswick <laughs> United FC. Um, it's a lot of fun if you're a soccer fan um, and you're in the New Brunswick, New Jersey area, or if you're in New York and Philly, go on our website and our social media, you know, at New Brunswick United FC or New Brunswick United FC.com to kind of see what we're doing. We throw a lot of events and stuff like that too. And uh, me, Bassam, I, my social media tags are at BKado, B-K-A-A-D-O. Like I said, I'm an actor and writer. So right now I'm kind of just working on some smaller projects. Um, like I mentioned before, Claw McGraw is the thing I'm focusing right now. And hopefully I can make that public in some way in the, in the next couple months, depending on how things go. Or it might be on the wraps. But I think for now, just uh, follow me on my social media. Hoping to do kind of like a, a relaunch and a rebrand of just websites and things to put up. And all stuff hopefully by the end of the year. Uh, otherwise, I'm just kind of taking care of myself past couple years i made it a big kind of point to focus more on mental health my own mental health and also trying to make conversation on mental health more normalized between my friend group my family um me and jad we're first generation lebanese americans and from our arab you know culture mental health is not something that's really discussed as well so it's been kind of like a uh, a challenge for me to kind of get these conversations in you know and have them be more of a normal part of my interactions with my family so uh, one of my goals over the next year or so is to start kind of putting out more positive content, uh, just things of like words of affirmation, kind of just posts and things to help uh, spread the love to people because, you know, we're all looking for a little love and um, I just want to try to be a better person and also try to improve myself and kind of make those conversations of mental health more normal. And then hopefully through my art, I want to do that too. Like I have uh, for my portfolio, I was writing a feature of an old Batman idea I had, and I'm shifting that towards the idea of mental health with uh, different characters. So I really want to have these conversations and these themes be consistent in my life. So if you follow me on social media, my goal is to hopefully just try to spread more and more positive things and content. So until then, just keep an eye out, and eventually I'll spam everyone with uh, a probably web page and um, different ideas and projects coming up. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so this has been the Workprint Podcast. Thanks, guys, again for doing a host theme episode. I'm your host, Christian. Uh, you should call it Meet the Hosts. Meet the Hosts? Or we'll come up with a team meeting without a call this thing. Uh, my, I forgot, my social media handles are xn underscore angelus on Twitter and Instagram, which is coincidentally the name of my website as well. Um, except the website will be xn angelus, no underscore. Uh, that's it. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for listening, and we hope that you enjoy things for the sake of enjoying them yes fan love yourself love. Love, yourself love love yourself and fan. enjoy art you know make love spread love be love yes unless it's hurting somebody else in which case that's not love man that is not no. that is not love all right <laughs> thanks for listening <laughs> have a good week